right. Good evening, Melrosians the world over. I'm Tom Catalini. I'm Sam Hammer. And I'm Tom Shampoo. And this is Let's Talk Melrose. Melrose, a show where Melrosians talk to Melrosians about Melrose. And it's 100. Oh, you forgot to update this, uh, Sam. I think it's the 116th episode. I don't think it's 115. It's 116. We're Sorry deep into about it that. now. I am uh, I'm multitask all day long trying to put this show together. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It shows too. It does show. Yeah, so we appreciate that. I mean, uh, Sam, you have uh, brought uh, Jim Bennett back to the show tonight. So everybody's yes. uh, dialed in, uh, waiting to hear him uh, join the conversation again. So we're very excited and we're thankful about that. But it is a night, a day, a 24 hour period in which we should be paying attention to numbers because it is 2 2 2 2. And if you could scroll down, we can't right now. What's well, February 2nd, 2022? It's a palindrome. No matter how you slice it, even it's if you're in the United States, if you're in the United Kingdom, if you do the day, month, the month, day, if you do 02, if you do 2, it's all, it, it works. It's a magical, magical time. And if you could scroll down right now, Sam, Tom Shampoo is wearing a tutu on yeah, tutu Tuesday. Go. Yes. I almost broke out my high school yearbook where there's a picture of me in a tutu from a a talent show, which is a different story altogether. <laughs> well, That's what did you do? What was your, what was the show about? You don't know this because uh, it was before your time, I believe, but there was a thing on SNL <laughs> called bad, called bad ballerinas. I believe is what they call it. Bad ballerinas. Any hands who, who we call that? No. Bad ballerinas. And so this was a skiff or a riff, a skip. Uh, yeah. Uh, a riff on that from okay. SNL's Bad Ballerines. So anyway, you've been you've been um, uh, doing SNL skit re redos forever. My whole that's life. Your, that's your shtick. <laughs> that's my shtick. Okay, so, so first of all, life. I gotta say hello to Scott Barani back in Vermont, and then okay, the uh, the jokes are starting about dropping deuces. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're all number one, but don't step in number two. So we, we weren't going to go there, but the folks in the comments have brought us there. So I saw this thing on the community page, which raises an ethical question for us all. Mm -hmm. Lady walks dog, dog poops in front of house. Lady thinks no one's watching, runs away, leaves the dog poop. Happens day in and day out. There's a whole 300 comment communication. Uh, <laughs> conversation happening on the community page right now including film you can watch video of the woman of the woman not not is that here in melrose or is it elsewhere here in melrose it's here in melrose wow. this is why we're talking about it that's the, that's so, how the show works so it, i know that has this person uh been outed and shamed now publicly because like she's in the video and she's and she's a parent who this is or is it like a back headshot you can't see so i didn't go through all the 300 comments but the video's posted and the person is asking like does anybody know you know Yeesh, who this wow. is so there's a little bit of a public uh, shaming public shaming which is not a bad idea somebody said you know take a still photo and, and <laughs> put it on a little stick and post it out there so she'll see it because apparently 
the woman, when she is knows that she's being watched, will pick up the dog poop. So there seems to be no mechanical problems, no... She's yeah, able to. Yeah. Able to, uh, not always willing. So, well, so I want, I'll say this. I have a dog. You're, you're a dog owner. Yeah, I have a dog. We walk him. We pick up the poop. Um, I have found myself occasionally without a bag after we're out and about walking, but I've yeah. gone back with a bag to pick right. it up. Right. But um, so that would be one thing is maybe she had no bag. But I'm intrigued by this idea because no one's watching except karma. Karma always watches. Oh, so, wow. so true. Deep. Wow. She Shampoo. will get hers. Yeah. Yep. Shampoo, right. Actually, that would be the comment to close out the discussion. Boom. Just everybody is. stop worrying about it. It'll the universe will respond yes. some way, somehow. Shit will happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a number of creative solutions two. suggested in the thread, I must say. So you <laughs> you so you could you could look through. But I like the I like the shampoo answer. There you go. Yes. I also would just uh, observe too, people on social media in general, very creative and very funny. So yes, I'm sure the 300 comments were well stocked with humor. Yes. But uh, anyway, we got, we got away from the two, two, two oh, Tuesday, yeah. but uh, <laughs> the fans have, brought us in a, in a I new have direction. Two, two words, gifted storyteller for our Jim Bennett tonight. I'll bring yes. us back to the guest. Right. Okay. Right. Great. All right. But before That's that, great. we've got to, we've got to do a rundown of the local news. So yeah, we're ready sure for that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I always I'm ready for that photo, but good. All right. Well, first up, you guys, you're running out of time. Next week we have two guests coming on to talk about uh the Melrose Reads Community Reads program. I'm a partnership with the public library and the schools. So this year the book is um American Like Me, but can you see that okay? I'm yes. Yeah. yeah, it looks good. Oh well done. Thank you. Um, by America Ferreira. And it's interesting. Uh, so they have, it's chapters of the people that are in this book. Um, so you can kind of pick and choose which ones you, you want to get into. Um, are they essays? Uh, they are. They're, oh, I, okay. I, the premise is like to talk about reflections on life between cultures. So, yeah. um, so far, I was telling you guys earlier, I've read um, Issa Rae. I'm a huge fan of her show Insecure. Um, I highly recommend it to everyone out there um it's pretty great and so the story that she talks about is get puts a little bit of her humor in there um which is definitely not pg or pg-13 it's beyond that mm. um and then i read um uh roxane gay's piece so it's just interesting to see what stories they choose to talk about um about their lives so grab the book i think to next week our homework is I can, this is not my copy. I borrowed this from a Dugan. So I'm happy to share this if you guys need to borrow it. So you can be ready for your homework. Also the uh, nine of 86 copies available at the Melrose public library. Really? Right now for anybody, any viewers who want to get nine are left. Nine of 86 are available. There's 102 in the noble system. Uh, so it looks like the library prepared for this and probably brought in 80 or 90 copies right. and, and most of them are out there. So I'd say folks, by that indication, I'd say folks are participating in the program. So that's cool. Cool. Nice. Well, once you read it, um, they're going to have events, li uh, listening events, workshops, lectures, music, etc. So get in, get into it. Get in on it. All right, cool. Get in on it. So that's the other thing you want to get in on is Mayor Broder. This Thursday, right here on MMTV or wherever we are, 
Uh, this Thursday at high noon, he's going to deliver his first state of the city address, right? So this is the first time he's since he took office in January 2020. And during the address, Mayor Broder will reflect on the past two years, celebrate the many successes the city has achieved, and acknowledge community challenges. So, my God, what has happened in the world in our little corner of it since January 2020? No kidding, right? Yeah. So, what's that? What's that going to be about? I mean, that's a roller coaster ride, right? It is. It is, and usually, I so I love these things, and sometimes some are more exciting than others. um, From generally, from you know between cities and cities, but usually it, when I was working in Boston, the state of the city was like the thing where new policies were announced, where like the vision for the future of the city was declared, where like things happen. So I have been, I love these things. I, I just, I can't wait. I think the forward looking theme is about health and wellness. If I remember correctly from, uh, from earlier, that was, that was kind mm-hmm. of the, that topic was revealed. So we'll, we'll hear how that takes shape. I mean, seems appropriate. Uh, right kind of post-pandemic or mid-pandemic, wherever we are, the mental health challenges we've talked about, just the whole the whole thing, um, and, you know, just community engagement overall. So it'll be interesting. So it should be worth worth a, uh, a peek. And I think maybe we get a special uh, insider look at the chamber breakfast on Thursday. Tom, what do they serve in there? It's going to be at the Rising Eagle, so maybe we'll get uh, some burgers and some steaks and French fries <laughs> for breakfast. I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not sure. I, I imagine you know some some traditional uh, public house breakfast foods, um, but yes, at the Rising Eagle Thursday morning, we'll be there representing uh, LTMM for the chamber, and then we'll and Mayor Brody will be there. For some reason, we've been invited. Yeah. <laughs> well, we joined the chamber, and, some, and we're trying to participate. And breakfast seemed like a good time to do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mayor Broder will be there as well, g- giving a little hello, welcome to all the members of the chamber of the Melrose Chamber. So it should be a nice morning. I'm looking forward to it, Tom. However yeah. skeptical you are, I'm happy to go and meet people and have some breakfast. Who said I was skeptical? What do you mean? Skeptical. Uh, no, I was He's curious. Just stating. He's yeah. stating. Yes. I was oh. curious about uh, breakfast, and you had absolutely no answers for me. Whatsoever. I gave you my answers. I gave you a funny answer, steak and French fries, and I gave you a real answer. Well, I'm not having steak and French fries at 7 30 in the morning. That's crazy talk. How about a nice cup of coffee? Some uh, some some pastries of some sort. You know they should they should uh, they should have uh, the Biddy and Bose people bring us some That's coffee over there to the chain. I wonder if they will involve maybe uh, some of the other A local. Yeah, local. I mean, their I guess Rising pretty- R- Rising Eagle is 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 good, but they're not. I don't think they're even open at breakfast. So right, I'm yeah. not sure what how they're yeah. gonna do their breakfast. We also um, have other folks up and down the street that could help as well. Yeah, well, you know, I, there has been some small business news that I've been that we just saw today, actually. So Rada is, will be closing her Melrose store. Uh, her store will still be open in Wakefield, but um, that's a pretty prime location. It uh, is right on Main Street, big spot right there. Yeah, Main Street. Um, and then the other, <laughs> the other thing, if anybody who's watching can confirm or deny that Cloud Nine hasn't been open in quite some time, and no, tell me it's because it's February. Because ice cream is all year. So. Ice cream is all year, but I mean, I think that's reasonable that no, you know. <laughs> how often do you go? How often do you go to Cloud Nine? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Twice a day. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we don't make it often 
enough. We do go actually sometimes for candy. We do like the penny candy selection there. Oh, right. Um, right. But we don't we don't quite make it there very often. But um, I know ice cream is, but, you know, is a year an, a year round. Thing. Sometimes sales go up over the winter. Right. So, yes. Yes. So but if somebody if, could report back, go peek if, in the windows. If your kids were, say, away on vacation and somebody else took them and you and John were left home, would you go to ice cream at cloud nine? Probably not, right? It's a yes. kid's thing. Oh, you know? oh, no, 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 sir. <laughs> I don't know. Tell us what we would do. I have no idea. <laughs> I was asking. I, wasn't I don't know. But yeah. it's been be since before this week. So I've been many right. times to cloud nine by myself. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I'm with Sam on the on the ice cream year round, but I don't know what's yeah. going on with uh, with Cloud Nine. So I we'll don't see. know either. So we'll see. All right. So uh, that is a, a co complete and comprehensive rundown of all <laughs> news in Melrose this week that we are aware of and prepared to cover. Now, there's other <laughs> things. There's other things going on. There was a 1,500-page uh, agenda packet in last night's city council meeting. So presumably they're talking about a lot of stuff in detail. Uh, I think there may be some funds for some repairs at Memorial Hall and a bunch of other things uh, going on. So there is a lot going on in the city. But we need to set that aside for the moment. We have a very special guest tonight. And we got to bring up Jim Bennett. we got to get the, the music. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's get the show going. Hey, Jim. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for coming you. back. You could have said no, uh, but you didn't. <laughs> so we're very grateful to see you again. We, I am we, always happy to to have a chance to talk about black history or indeed any history in Melrose. But at this time of year, um, it's essential that we talk about it. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Of course, of course. Um, so we, what we I, we're avid readers of the Historical Commission Facebook page um, and the posts that you have there. Um, and I'll put the link up now. My actually, my first question is: Where does it do any of these posts and any of the the um, the essays or the stories that you write about? Do they get anywhere else outside of Facebook? Are they published in the paper as well? Yes. They get to Instagram, uh, <laughs> and we we are look, looking to revive uh, a website that we have. And I really have to mention at this point a very important partner for me, uh, which is Kate Monet, who is our social media manager. Uh, who also does a bit of social media managing in her professional life for the museum she works for. So uh, she is the one who gets the stuff um, out to you after I give her the raw form. Well, it's cool. pretty great. And it's yeah. So it just, before we dig into the uh, content, I just wanted to comment on the, the writing. It's just very well presented. It's very, I don't know, essay-ish or story. It's like captive, yeah. like a story and mm -hmm. you, you know, it draws you in gives you all the, like it could be pretty bland let's face it you know mm. this happened on this day and then this like a whatever but it's very engaging reading and then you uh, you add all the photos and all the stories are quite compelling i mean i haven't read them all but i read a number mm. of them and it's 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 pretty compelling including uh this guy bogle who apparently named melrose well, it was it was uh, it was his father who named Melrose. So William Bogle was an immigrant from Scotland who arrived here about 1840, and it was in 1850, of course, that we got our great city. And so he was there in 1849 and was having uh, a discussion in a house, and that house is um, still there. It's now the Fitch Home on uh, Lake Avenue, and in that house they had this discussion about what to call the new city, and he suggested the town of Melrose that he knew in Scotland because this 
Melrose in Scotland reminded him of the place he had moved to. And it was his son Archibald that I wrote about. Archibald was a commander of black uh, enlisted men in the Civil War and was captured after a battle in Florida and spent about a year in really squalid conditions in a prisoner of war camp and was punished because he of his relationship with his black soldiers. So he was denied medical treatment uh, and in that sense was, was quite heroic, I think. <clears throat> Wow. Um, so I've noticed this year over last year that I, the stories just seem to be getting deeper and, you know, they're, they were captivating last year, but they're, they really have uh, taken, like brought us, me anyway, into it, a whole next level of understanding and, and emotion, I guess. There's one woman that commented that um, a story you wrote about um, uh, the took place on Lebanon Street, um, brought her to tears. Mm. She also lives on Lebanon Street, and I, that was um, that was pretty impactful. Could my uh, the one that really struck me the most was the one um, that was posted on February eighth about Tom um, and the blacksmith family that had enslaved him. Could you just tell our viewers that story? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. And and one reason I'll say, Sam, why things have gotten a bit more in depth is that Instagram has a 2200 character limit. And I just decided this year we are going to ignore Instagram formatting and add more comments. Uh, we'll just add more text into the comment there. Uh, and again, you can thank Kate for doing that formatting. Uh, but yeah, that story was a bit new this year. Adventures a little bit outside of geographical Melrose into geographical Malden, which we were all part of that same community at that time. The people who lived here went to church down in Malden. And so the story uh, that I told there is about an enslaved man uh, who was sold away from the family with whom he was living in Malden. And of course, you had no choice over this. And when he was sold, who knows what happened in his life? We don't know. Maybe he had a loved one back in Malden who he had to say goodbye to and never see again. Uh, it seems there's some evidence that there was ill feeling between the family and him. They may have blamed him for the accidental death of their son and they sent him up to Marblehead. And a little while after that, that family, their house burned down. And he was found miles away in what is today Lynn, and he was arrested. There was no trial. There were no witnesses. They just said, he must have done it because he was angry at us. And he was hung on Cambridge Common. Oh. And so I think it's a terrible story. Uh, but I think the important point and one of the points I'm trying to make this year is that a lot of the things we see in the headlines today about the troubles that black folks in America have with all of our white institutions, you can see them going back a very, very long way. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that there. So, but where, where do you source these stories from or where, how do you find them? Uh, the, a lot of the stuff you find, you find quite accidentally. You just have to go looking to see what's there. And then suddenly you, you see this. So for example, the story about Tom, I think the original place I saw it was well over a year ago. And I saw it, I think in, in a newspaper article uh, from, the, from the 18th century. And I wasn't expecting to find that, it was just there. And then you're presented with it. And so then you shelve it away and say, I could use that maybe at some point later on. And sure enough, when Black History Month came up this year, I said, all right, I got to get that out again. And what other sources do we have at that point? And it turns out you can, there are a lot of things that have been scanned and put online into unindexed databases. And if you know what you're looking for, you can kind of tease it out and find it. And then you get a few more details. 
So is that one of the things you do as a historian is browse the newspaper of yesteryear as if you were sitting down in 1850 or whatever and just kind of, is that one, one of your discovery methods? You said you like stumbled across some of these things. You do. So I, I think um, it's not that I'm trying to be the person from yesteryear. No. I, hap I happen to be looking for something else and I'll see it. And then I'll come back to it later. Like, I mean, to give you another example, not having to do with black history, uh, I did a post a couple months back that was very affecting for a lot of people about an architect in Melrose named Louis Dow, who was very famous because he designed the Lincoln School and the uh, Colonial and Ionic Apartment Buildings and the Firehouse. And I just saw this headline out of the corner of my eye that said, Melrose Architect in Vice Den. And I said, okay, what, what the heck is this? And then there's the name Louis Dow, and it turns out he had entrapped a 17-year-old girl and um, sexually molested her, and it was, it's a really, really terrible story. I did not go out looking for that. Now, I discovered that, and I put that away in the back of my mind, and at that time I'm thinking, do I really want to share this story? Right. It's a pretty terrible story. And then um, the, the trial comes up of, um, of Jeffrey Epstein's accomplice. I, I can't remember her name. Yeah, uh, and I thought... Old. Jelaine, yeah. uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I'm watching that and I'm looking at how those women who were the same age at that time and now they're a little bit older, uh, there are so many people who are trying to pressure them not to tell their story because, oh, it just makes life difficult for everybody. Just take the plea bargain, just walk away. And I think, boy, if I don't tell this story, I'm kind of like those people. Hmm. And that's the thing with black history also is that if you want to know what the voice of racism sounds like, uh, in terms of suppressing black history, it typically isn't, oh, I don't want to talk about black people. The voice is, you know, I think I think this would really upset the kids. So I don't think we should tell this story. Right. Maybe when they're older, we can tell that story. That's that's white supremacy talking yeah. right there, because at that point, you've denied the story of of black people and a very important part of the story of, of white folks as well. So where do you find yourself doing the bulk of your research? Is there one place that you tend to go to or do you go, uh, visit several different libraries or other uh, other places for the research? Well, again, the amazing thing is, you know, I don't know. I don't know what people do in their spare time at night. If you're a parent, you probably have no spare time. But, um, you know, I like just going through, um, you know, various databases to see what I can find. So newspapers, yeah. obviously, I mentioned are very helpful. But then there's all sorts of census and statistical information out there. So the big project last year when I first got into this project, when, when I had a lot of time because it was, you know, pandemic time and so on, was I needed to know how many people, how many people of color lived in Melrose. So what does that mean? It means you get out the 1850 census and you just count. And then you get out the 1860 census and you count. And then you find out, can I figure out their addresses? What neighborhoods are they living in? And then you plot it onto a map, which I've done. And then suddenly you've got this picture that you didn't have before. So uh, it's whatever I think at the moment is gonna help me to understand this. And if it helps me to understand it, then I can give it to you and then, and then everybody can understand it a little bit better. Hmm. So you're, um, I think we asked this last year about, um, you know, as you are researching the past and can make correlations to the present, um, I guess the first part of the question is, what have you seen that has, that we've done better at in this community mm -hmm. um, in the past year um, as it relates to our, 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 ourselves and our, and our black neighbors? 
and community? Oh, I, I, I think certainly since um, the terrible summer of 2020, there's just been a lot more consciousness raising, right, in a very general sense. I think that in, in the past, um, if you said to somebody, oh, what you're doing, you know, it has a terrible um, implication for people of color that you're not realizing. They would say, what, what are you talking about? I just bought a house in this beautiful neighborhood and I bought it because it said it, it's an exclusive neighborhood. What's wrong with wanting to live in an exclusive neighborhood? And now I think people are much more aware that, okay, if I buy into that, I'm actually buying into something that 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 exclusive isn't a positive thing it excludes people and who am i excluding so i think particularly with the cost of home prices in melrose now that's squeezing everybody and now the inflation we're dealing with as well everybody is well aware that a lot of people are being squeezed out and they're asking who's here and who isn't so i do give the community most folks in the community a lot of credit on, on working on that I, I was intrigued in reading the uh, latest story that you posted on facebook about rosa plunkett i think her name was Mm -hmm. uh, having a having a baby, but I was intrigued by the idea that when this came out in the public, everybody rallied for her and support of her, and they were upset that the uh, hospital turned her away. Um, is that a common thing that you've seen in other towns or in Melrose as well, in other situations where people would rally behind each other and stay as a community, or is that not typical to see that? Right. Well, that, that's that's an interesting question. I can't compare it with other communities too well. I think the, the question always is, what are the numbers here? And in at this very local granular level of a community of this size, we don't do opinion polling on things. So when I say the community rallied around Rosa Plunkett, yes, a few hundred people in Melrose went to a rally at Memorial Hall and said the discrimination that this lady faced was unconscionable. Right. But how many others stayed home? Right. So, I mean, one example from right around that same period is there was it was put on the ballot in Massachusetts whether women should have the right to vote. And in Melrose, as in every single community in Massachusetts, excepting one, I think it might have been Drake it, um, that vote, which I think was 1916, lost. So the majority of men in every community in Massachusetts said, at the end of the day, I don't want my wife to have the vote. Uh, now, how many of them actually publicly said to their wife, I'm absolutely going to go in there and give you the vote. <laughs> you know, you, I, I think that those that that appearance is going to be very different, and that's why I, it's hard to answer the question: How many people actively really cared about um, the right. suffering of of a black person in the community? Well, that really hit this year. I know it was I think mentioned also last year, but um, as uh, more and more data is coming out around um, the disproportionate maternal death rates in the United States of um, uh, of mothers or expected mothers that are of color versus, you know, and I, I think sometimes I read these stories and I feel like we've not come far really at all. Um, and it is very, um, it is very, it's eye opening to see like we've, time has passed, but we haven't really progressed that much as, and I know it's not very optimistic, but I, it's, it's, it's so it's still shameful um so what what do you think in this next year till we see you again on this topic anyway um what do you think we need to be focused on and looking at um and working on 
in terms of race, um, mm. racial justice or? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I should say I'm just one white guy and there are so many other people in the community who should be asked and, and are being asked, I think, yep. by the DEI commission. Uh, one thing I'm really interested in seeing how it shakes out uh, is the housing production plan, which was in, is an interesting document if, if people have had a chance to read through it, because documents like that 10 years ago, I think would have been written in a very race blind kind of way. And this was actually very race conscious because the people who responded to the survey were interested in making it race conscious. So something um, we'll be posting tomorrow is going to be about the whole process of redlining and zoning and so on. And I think a deep questions have to be asked about the way that we zone the community of Melrose what does that do in terms of of racial justice? So it was in the 19, uh, it was in uh, the zoning period in the 30s and 40s that the whole idea that you should have a single residence neighborhood where you can't put up an apartment building, you can't put up a two family home, that gets born at that time. And that's when the diversity of the city really tanks and uh, the number of people of color in the city hits its all time low around the year 1950, 1960, right when all those zoning ideas, which many people would say, oh, but it created this beautiful community, uh, beautiful, but for whom becomes the question. Interesting. So um, you're a phenomenal storyteller and I just listened to your testimony from last week's um, hearing on the mascot oh, yeah. um, nickname. So um, I'm going to post the Vimeo from MMTV. And if you head up to uh, minute 59 is when Jim Bennett comes on. <laughs> Do I, am I like your mother where I'm like embarrassing you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I, I will say something about that. If you, if you liked my testimony, that's great. I should say that that entire process because as you know, Sam, it involved people who um, were and are very close to me and was very emotionally fraught. As I was reading that, as I was sitting at this computer at home, thank God the camera was off. I was practically having a panic attack over this whole experience. So it it, it was very fraught and I look forward to, to a new chapter on that. Yeah, hmm. I, I wanna throw out a suggestion just because it popped in my head. Jim and Sam podcast is what I think. There you go. I think it's a podcast. Jim's Melrose history would be riveting. People would love to sit and listen to you for hours, I'm sure. Um, Melrose past, present, and future. That's the podcast. Well, P I, I know I would, I would be honored. Um, Jim, I, so here's the, I heard a compliment about you yesterday. I was at Fades Away at the barber shop. And I ran into a fan of yours who said that they had heard your um, your speech when you were running for um, city council of Ward Three, oh. and were so so impressed that not only you know what you've said, but how you say things, and you're just again I'm a big Jim Bennett fan. That he, they recommended that he, they said that guy needs to have his own show. That guy mm -hmm. needs to have his own show on MMTV, and I could not agree more. Oh, thank you. I'd, I'd say I'm blushing, but I already have such a ruddy face. You really can't So, so listen, if uh, Jim, this is big. If this is uh, happy days, you could be Laverne and Shirley. I mean, think about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Or Mork. Mork from Mork, right? <laughs> what was that a spinoff of? Where did Happy Days? What he spun off a uh, Happy Days? More yes, he did. Also? Yes. yes, he did. Wow, they, that must be after they jumped the shark, right? Aliens were coming to. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, you're probably right <laughs> to Archie's restaurant or whatever. 
Well, I think I think the Toms would make for a fine Lenny and Squiggy. <laughs> You're right. I agree. Oh, I say who's who. who? <laughs> Hello. Hello. I think we have our answer. Right. Uh, oh my goodness. Well, wow. thank you so much for coming out. What didn't? What did we forget to ask? You? Well, yeah, we're not kidding. Uh, none, none that I can think of. I, I can just say that this year, one thing that is different for me is that last year we did not have this national dialogue around critical race theory and people being very angry about what's in the classroom. So I've been very conscious of that, uh, which is maybe why things are very, you know, a bit more prolix and, and thoughtful because um, I feel like that has to be confronted very much head on because when people say we don't want critical race theory, what they're really saying is we don't want American history. And you cannot tell the story of the United States with uh, without uh, these things that, that happened or indeed the story of Melrose, you just can't. Yeah, I think, you know, I wonder if there is a way to kind of promote some of the work that is happening in the classroom um, in a in a proactive way, if there are any particular papers that do want to be kind of, you know, any student work that that students would like to have out and, you know, mm -hmm. sure. posted <laughs> for the world to see. Generally speaking, not right. loaded in any way. I'm just, there, there must be a lot of great work that's happening inside the school that I think the community could benefit from. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Wow. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for coming again. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure <laughs> as always. And let's yes. make it less than a year this time. Sam likes to keep it a year. I want to have you yeah. back more frequently. Let me just say that. <laughs> well, I think we will. I think we will be having Jim back on soon. He and I have been working on a side project together. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, around yeah. Um, uh, the history of our Chinese laundry industry in Melrose. Oh, right. very general about it That's and have right. done some amazing work around that. So hopefully we'll be coming back soon to talk about that. And cool. Yes, so I look forward to it. I, I look forward to that coming to fruition. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Nice. You gotta awesome. bring it to the, give it to the people. We'll wait. All right, Jim, get ready to dance. Thank you for coming onto the show and sharing uh, your knowledge and uh, everything with, uh, with all of the viewers and good luck with the spinoff show. We're going to be, I'll be the first to subscribe. Uh, and to everybody out there, we'll see you around town. <laughs>